Hello and welcome to another special report from Catholic Family News. I'm Brian McCall and we're here uh, to talk about a story that has been developing the last week in the United States in Texas. The Texas Supreme Court ruled on uh, Monday that they would not create a special exception for a mother in Texas named Kate Cox, who was seeking an exception from the state's abortion restriction uh, to perform an, have an abortion of her child. Her child had been diagnosed with trisomy 18, which is a genetic disorder that essentially has one of the chromosomes uh, produce three versions of itself, rather than having two of each numbered chromosome, uh, a third, and that results uh, in a, a potential host of um, effects of symptoms that vary really from child to child, but can be rather severe. And um, she said because of this and because the fact her child might not live very long, uh, might miscarry before birth, might live after, that she wanted to have an abortion. The Texas Supreme Court denied that, said the law stays the way the legislature adopted it. But it's interesting because a lot of the pro-abortion advocates really chose this case, uh, I think, intentionally as a way to try to bring sympathy to their their cause for what they really want is abortion all times, every place, um, because it's obviously a very sad situation. Uh, to have uh, a child who will be born with something to suffer. But we wanted to try to present another side of that uh, because the media has really presented as this poor woman and really this was just no point in having this child be born and why would we, the, the government force her to continue a pregnancy in such a situation. And so I invited uh, someone that I met uh, almost 20 years ago now in uh, England. As I mentioned many times, we lived in England for uh, seven years and we had opportunity to meet uh, many different people. It was a wonderful part of our life. But one of the people that I met while we were there, I was honored to meet is someone that I, uh, is one of the, the, the most uh, respected and honored persons I met in, in England, really a true hero. And uh, and as soon as I read this story, I, I thought of her and her whole family, because I said they're really a family that left a deep impression on our, our whole family. Uh, and we're going to invite Claudia Linton joining us from England to talk about her, her story. So welcome, Claudia. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Bye -bye. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Um, so we want to Oh, it's it's good to see you again. <laughs> it's good. Um, so we want to talk about your daughter, uh, Josephine, and um, I introduced a little bit why, but want to tell us a little bit about um, when you were uh, expecting Josephine, how what you found out about her diagnosis, when you found that out, and what that was like. Oh, okay. Well, um, just having because I wasn't familiar with the story before. Um, Sure. Before this, but having you know looked up what's happening, um, yes. it was interesting because the lady uh, Kate, uh, she was she's the same age as I was, and it, she's the same gestational wow. state as I was when I found out. Um, wow. So my husband and I had gone in for our you know regular twenty week checkup, and we had two consultants in there actually. Um, two people were doing it for some reason that day, and. And it was, I remember it was taking a really long time. It occurred to us that we'd been there a good half hour or so and they were both, you know, having a good look. And it never occurred to me at the time that there was anything wrong. And they eventually said, oh, can we just pop out for a two? And uh, we, my husband and I said, sure. And, uh, and we were laughing uh, because we just thought it was odd. 
that it was taking such a long time. Anyway, they came back in and said, we think we found this and this and this and this. And there was a big long list of things that they'd seen, complications. And they said at the time, we think your daughter or your child might have something called trisomy 13, which is Patel syndrome. Um, yes, yeah, so that was eventually confirmed. Um, and uh, it was very surreal in actual fact. I, I just thinking about it, the whole thing was very surreal and it didn't really sink in initially. Um, and I think for me at the time, the biggest thing, the, the most, the thing I heard the loudest when they were reeling off these lists of problems was that she uh, was going to have a teeth left and palate because you know that can be a little bit uh, frightening when you first see something like that. But uh, that was just the shyness there. Uh, but, um, Sure. Yeah, so that's how we initially found out. And um, yeah, so she had cleft lip and palate, uh, congenital heart disease. She had um, a very mild form of epilepsy. Uh, she had cataracts and um, club feet and all sorts of things that they kind of reeled off. So when when you found this out, and this wasn't your, your first child, you already had uh, a, a daughter before this, right? Yes, yes, she was three and a half at the time. Yes, did did some um, of the health did some of the healthcare workers try to talk to you about or persuade you to to abort uh, yes. your child? Yeah. Yes. So after that scan, wow. we were we were referred back obviously quite quickly, and we saw the consultant in charge of um, right. that sort of um, situation. And uh, of course, in our heads, it was always we were just going to have a baby. There was never any question, and. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he was surprised and he was he was quite aggressive because after he'd reeled up all the complications and all the problems and she was going to have, you know, limited life and um, probably wouldn't last the pregnancy. And if she did, they would, um, she wouldn't probably live long after the actual birth and all the scary stuff. And uh, in my head already, I mean, there was never, there was never any time where we considered an abortion, but he, he had to tell me, and I knew what he was going to say. He goes, well, there are, there is another option. I said, I know what you're going to say. Um, I said, I don't want to hear it. I said, that's not even something that we would consider. And, and um, he said, but I have to tell you. He was very insistent. I have to tell you. Wow. It's just my job to make sure that you have a wearable. And I said, and so, of course, he, um, I said, all right, go ahead. And I said, no, and, you, know, you know, you can have an abortion. And I said, well, that's not something we're going to um, consider and I, I think uh, the thing I found the strangest was because she was so active in in my womb and I could feel mm. her all the time and she was having a great time and I and they were very dismissive of the that there was something living in there and she was you know there was a baby in there and it was all about my care and how they were going to take care of me and, and there was no consideration of um, the baby and even to the point of when I would be delivering there was no consideration as to whether or not to come out safely it was just purely and I very frustrating but luckily it's funny um in actual fact it was my wife who gave me the name of some pro-life doctors because we did feel a little bit abandoned and mm. we didn't really know where to go and um so we got in contact with them and they were awesome they helped us a lot they just gave us support you know they weren't that field, field as such but uh uh yeah that we got lots of support from them and um yeah, so we were very lucky in that regard. So then tell us, because again, I think when you and I talked before this, your comment to me was, it sounds like this poor, poor mother in Texas, they've just 
tried to scare her and tell her all the worst, worst things that can happen, which you know, as, as it's not exactly the same diagnosis, but in the same sort of family of, of, of problems, very similar. Very similar. you really don't know until, until the baby's born or exactly what happened. So you've told us a little bit about physically your daughter, what, what, how it manifested, but what was she like? Tell us what, what was she like after she was born? What was it like being with her? What was her, what was her personality? You already in the womb could tell she was very active. You told us, but yes. just share with us a little bit of your memories of her. Oh, she was amazing, you know, and she touched everyone. Anyone who came in contact with her were, you know, because the first thing she would do as she, you know, progressed, because they say, you know, she's not, she wasn't going to have any recognition. She wasn't going to be able to communicate. There would be, she would literally just be sitting there like a dolly kind of thing and not mm. having, but it was the complete opposite. She, uh, she, the first time, you know, someone worked, walked into a room, she had her arms out, you know, if you could get close, if she'd get you close enough to her, she'd be kissing your face. Um, and she would laugh, and she loved playing with her sister, and her sister adored her, absolutely adored her. Um, and yeah, and and it was interesting too because when she when she did finally pass away, uh, she she was practically four years old. But um, there were so many people turned up at the funeral, people I hadn't seen since you know before I was even married back. And so she had a huge effect. The church was full. <laughs> I remember amazing. that. It was, I remember her her funeral because it our one of our mm -hmm. children who was born around the same time uh, as uh, Josephine Thomas. He and it's funny. I always say a lot. Children have such a a deeper sense than we do. They can just sort of they connect to things and understand them so more easily than we do. Because I remember he being around the same age, used to spend time with her. And he was going, oh, I said, what did you do? I don't know, we were at an event or something or a party at church. What did you do? Oh, I, I talked to Josephine for a long time. I had a long talk with her. And, and, oh, he, oh. He, and he would come home and say, because um, I remember he we he was a bit young at the time, he was being her age. We were saying, well, should we bring the children you know, to the funeral? We'll be, and he said, I have to go to Josephine's funeral. I, I have, she was my, my best friend or she was my friend. So uh, definitely oh. in our own family, we saw, saw that um that that effect that and she had the other thing i want to just say was that there were um there were a lot of health professionals involved in her life throughout and they were excellent and even to the um where one particular nurse but when we had we ended up in uh a e one day um and she was she was particularly fantastic and she was so kind to josephine and to us and and I, I never forgot her, and I, her name was um, her name was Eloise, and she will never know this, but our last daughter, we named her that because this young lady had. So these people, they they don't realise, you know, how important they are and the effect, the long-lasting effect that they can have, um, you know, when they're truly invested as you are, feels like. So it, um, it, it was it was an amazing. Uh, well, so obviously it was um, anytime where there's a child that uh, needs special care and it's, it's difficult. So just, uh, you know, daily basis caring for her obviously was hard. How did, how did you get through those years? How did, what, what helped you to sort of cope with, with the challenges that, that came from taking care of her? Yeah. Well, you know, it's when, when you've got the unknown aspect there, it is, it is very frightening and you kind of, you know, you're scared of what you don't know, but once in the middle of it, it just becomes your new norm, and and it's it's not scary anymore because you just get on with it, and you you, become, you get a new routine, and 
you know, if you if there is another child there like we had with our daughter, oldest daughter, you know, it helps because um, they were just they just loved each other. Um, but yeah, you just it just be, yeah, I, it just becomes your new norm. You just get on with it, and it uh, it's not a chore. It's not a chore at all. It's just um, yeah, it's just life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so, as I think we mentioned, you you have had other children since. Tell us about your whole whole family. You've had uh, more children after yeah. after Josephine. Well, and grandchildren I had, now, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. believe it. Um, I had um, we had another son um, not long. He was born mm -hmm. in two thousand and four, uh, four, and uh, and then we had another son in two thousand and five, and that was a busy time because they months apart but then we had um josephine and eden but it was it was nice that at least um the third oldest child got to spend a bit of time with josephine but our fourth mm -hmm. child he was born on the friday and then the following thursday josephine passed away because wow. she'd got a uh, chest infection because of um, in the first two years of Josephine's life, she was absolutely fine health-wise, you know. She, um, but then um, she started getting um, ear infections, and then it was UTIs, and then the chest infections. And I think because of all the antibiotics that she was on, she contracted RSA all the hospital visits. And then I think what happened is when she got the chest infection at the end, um, the MRSA kind of attacked her as well, and that was. Mm. But. It, and um, but we had so within those six days of Ella, uh, fourth child's birth to um, six days later, Josephine passed away after she'd just been a bridesmaid at her aunt's wedding. Ah. And then we've had ah. another two after that, um, who are now 13 and 8. Um, yeah, and uh, they, all, they all know their sister, they all know about her, and you know, wish that they had been here <laughs> for her. You mentioned uh, a Thursday. Maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly, but I thought was that the feast of the Ascension when she when she died? Is that right? It was on the feast of the Ascension. Yes, yeah. it was, yeah. and I and and that was such a comfort, you know, because I in my yes. head she just our Lord took her up in His arms, you know, yes. on that day she was with Him. So that was that was a great comfort. Yes, and 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 the funny thing is, I, you know, because most nights you are up for some reason or another, but that night, the night that she passed away. I couldn't tell you why, but I, I slept like a log. All <laughs> didn't wake up once. It was really wow. uh, surreal. Um, wow. I think I was at peace. So, wow. So, and you've touched yeah. on this, but, but um, you know, what effect do you think having, even though her life was, was a short life, what, what effect did her life have on your, on your family even today? What would you say? Well, they're, they're all very pro-life. My daughter mm -hmm. was, uh, before she kind of be, got married and had a family, she's very invested in the pro-life movement, very vocal mm -hmm. going into schools and um, discussing those topics with the school kids and having a profound effect on a lot of them because most of them didn't know anything about it and had never heard information she was giving them. Um, so, And then the, the next two down who are now uh, 18 and 19, they are... Um, they're involved um, peripherally with the pro-life um, movement. They do a lot of um, public witness and that sort of thing. Um, wow. And and my and the nice thing is too. I think sometimes people are a little bit scared when they see somebody who's got special needs, not quite sure how to approach them. Um, but you know they've learned how how to do that. Just 
because they're all generally so happy and they just love each other, you know, made a fuss off. Like wow. Most <laughs> So um, we talked about this, again, this sad story in, in Texas, where, again, I, I really feel badly. I think a lot of these pro-abortion people are just take advantage of these situations and want to use it. But if you could talk to one of these, a mother like this lady in Texas or another who's received this kind of news while they're pregnant, what, what would you say to them? If you had a chance to talk to them, what, what would you say to them? Uh, the first thing that pops into my mind is, you know, you'll never regret it. These little people, they just have such a huge, huge impact on your life in the positive sense, you know, regardless of all the little um, things that you have to deal with health-wise, you know, they're joyful and, and, they, and they spread joyfulness. And, and uh, yeah, you, you would never, ever regret that um, keeping a child with special needs. And, you know, and they are generally with children like this, the, the ones with Edwards syndrome or Patel's, you know, their lives are so short and so precious and um, they're worth every minute. Uh, um, and it is scary when you first, like I said earlier, it's scary, the unknown and not knowing what to expect, but it's, it's wonderful. It, it's, it's, it's the best, um, best experience. Um, it has a profound effect on your family, on the people are peripherally in your lives. Um, you know, so it's not something you'd ever regret. And you get there's wow. a lot of support out there. I'm sorry, go ahead. There's a lot of support. Yeah, there's a lot of support. I mean, we have amazing healthcare professionals. I'm not quite sure what the situation is these days, but I mean, we had a huge amount of help um, with regards to just you know therapy, trainings. She even went to school and um, had the most amazing time there doing. Uh, and then you had uh, people coming in and you know helping you set out your environment to uh, accommodate for them. And yeah, so there are, there's a lot available and you get a lot of support too from the other mums who are kind of in the same situation. Wow. Well, is there anything you'd want else you want to share that we haven't talked about or any other stories or anything you at all, if you want to say? Um, No, um, I, you know, just, we just, she just lived a very um, normal life within our family and uh, we did lots of things. She did a lot of things with us. She even went on holiday to Sicily. Uh, you know, she got to go on the airplane and swim in the ocean. And um, so nothing's, you know, bounds, you know, it might take a little bit longer to do things. Um, you know, you have to organize yourself a little bit better with regards to accommodating their needs, but um yeah, it's a, it, it doesn't affect your life in any way that's negative. Wow. Well, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And it is, again, as hard as it is, you know, the, the obligation of parent is to try to bring bring your children to heaven. And as, as difficult as it is to lose a child, to have one that you know is already there, that uh, is, it must be a yes. consolation. So it must yes, be. and well, we pray to her as well. We get, I get her to get uh, involved with trying to sort out the other kids and making sure she's keeping an eye on him. And so I've got a little saint there. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing. I know it's difficult, but thank you for sharing your story with us. And I'm sure it will touch some people, help some people and, you know, be a balance to some of what the, you know, the media tries to tell us that uh, these, the, the yes. children are, 
their lives are not meaningless and it's not just uh, what they want to tell us. And it's a beautiful witness that you've given. So thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, well, thank you. And if you and your viewers, thank you for uh, listening. If you enjoyed our show, please help us by sharing this video, posting it places, liking it, subscribing to our channels. The more you do that, the more people that get alerted about the, this content. And as always, if you liked our uh, our free content, please consider subscribing to Catholic Family News, our monthly newspaper. So thank you, Claudia. Please give the best to your family, and thank you to everyone. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.